The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. My name is Pastor Eric Seepen. Yes, my first name is Pastor, and I am back from sabbatical. And this is a brand new, not a replay podcast. And today I'm going to just do a short little conversation about the power of the gospel. Uh, and so I just want to start by uh, first, before we even jump into any of that, talk about uh, my sabbatical just for a few minutes and say thank you to the village uh, for giving Susan and I time off. I want to thank Mark and Michael for caring for our community and for all the leaders and volunteers um, and just all of you who made it possible for us to not have to think about anything, not worry about anything, and really relax, rejuvenate, recharge. Um, it was really wonderful. Um, I got to do a lot of fun projects around the house which were, that had been neglected. Um, I also got to go to Prescott and spend some time uh, kind of retreating in Sierra Vista with my wife for a week where we prayed and plotted and planned and, and just enjoyed one another. Lots of time with the kids. Um, lots of time remodeling and painting and uh, doing stuff like that. It was really good. Wrote a couple things. Anyway, if you're really interested in how the sabbatical went, if you're interested in what uh, we did on the villagersonline.com uh, website, you can click. It says uh, sabbatical 2023. It's a big square on the right-hand side of the front page. You click on that, and you can get a full um, documentation of my sabbatical, all the books I read, articles I wrote, pictures of remodeling at the Seneca house, pictures of, uh, vacation, etc., etc. So if you're the kind of person who's interested in those things, I will provide a link in the show notes, but let's just get started here for a minute. And I'm going to make this really short. Um, but I want to talk about the power of the gospel uh, and in particular, where I want to start when thinking about the power of the gospel uh, is in Mark chapter 1. So I'd like to, to read that to you. Mark chapter 1, I believe we're going to start in about verse 14. Uh, if you give me a sec to pull up my uh, crazy, amazing app here that has the Bible, which is, I don't think we realize how amazing it is that you can just pull the Bible up on your phone and you have access to the Word of God. I find that relatively amazing. And you can change the font size, which as you get older is really helpful. So we're going to start in verse 14. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news or the gospel. And we'll talk about that in a minute of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And that's in the NIV. So let me quickly uh, read it to you in the NASB uh, so you can hear it in, in two different uh, translations. Now, after John had been taken up into custody, Jesus came into Galilee 
preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So there's a couple of interesting things. First, we, we just need to chat about the word gospel. Um, it, it really does just mean good news or good tidings or the, uh, the stories of the uh, victories of a particular person built into the language of the word. The, there is this idea of herald, right? It, and so there was no way to get information out that the war had been won or here are the great things that happened at the, you know, Olympic games, or this is what happened over, you know, in Asia minor. Uh, so you sent out heralds and these heralds would come and bring the good tidings or the good news or the victories, um, of the particular person or the particular city, etc., or army. Um, and so, Jesus comes into the scene saying that uh, we need to believe in the gospel. We need to believe in the good news. And for him, before he's died on the cross for our sins, before he rose from the dead, before he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, Jesus says that the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? The good news is that Jesus has come to dwell with us. God has become man and is amongst us. And so when he is calling people to repent, he's simply in a way saying, hey guys, God is standing in front of you, right? That's really good news because he hasn't destroyed you and it, it, he actually wants to see something happen. He wants to change the relationship. He showed up. And so you need to repent and believe. And I think at the essence of the first part of the gospel what Jesus's story communicates to us very clearly, I believe, uh, and it's definitely demonstrated in his death and resurrection, but even before that, the very fact that he came and was amongst us and says, this is good news and we need to repent and believe, is to say that our story is not the center story. Like the gospel is Jesus's story is the center story. And that should be relieving to you and I. Because so often our story involves that we didn't get it right um, or that we're, there's something wrong with us or we're, we're thinking we're pretty good at something but there's this emptiness underneath all of it. Right? We, we have this gnawing sense of when we start that, it, that, it, that we can't get it together and even if we have it together, it's not going to stay together. Um, and what's beautiful about Jesus' story, it's beautiful about Jesus showing up um, to be amongst us, uh, is that it's like, hey, this is, this is not about you. Don't worry about it. Every time we say, hey, we didn't get it right, Jesus says, no, but let me tell you, I'm with you. All you need to do is repent and believe. It's like not about you. The, of the beauty of the gospel is that the story that we are invited to be part of and live in is Jesus' story, not our own. And we, we are able, we're invited to, to have that define who we are. So I think that, that's the beginning of the transformative power of the gospel. Um, the second thing I kind of want to talk about, uh, it comes out of John chapter 1, um, and and you can see all of this in so many different places. And I'll point it out 
um, in a few places, but the gospel is just packed full of this, this these ideas that I'm talking about, the gospels in the Bible. Um, but look, let's look at John 1 really fast here. Um, let's look at verse uh, 12. We'll start at verse 11 of John chapter 1. It's beautiful poetry. Uh, and it starts in verse 11. He says, this speaking of Jesus, he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many received him, to him he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. I love this. This is this is the beautiful part of the second beautiful part of the gospel, but to me one of the most fascinating parts of the gospel is that Jesus gives you and I the opportunity to be children of God. And he does this through a word that we use called justification. Um, and I would like to just quickly, you know, steal from, uh, from other people. And, and, and this isn't my own idea when talking about justification. But when you think about justification in particular, when it comes to um, Jesus, and we're talking about being justified, the situation that you and I sit in, and it's one that we have to really kind of contemplate, is that without Jesus, we sit, we stand actually before God, um, condemned. Condemned because we don't get it right. Condemned because we think we get it right. Condemned because uh, we have rejected all that is good and right. And so there, there's, it's an obvious to us and in death makes this really clear, is that there's a consequence for that. What's beautiful is that Jesus justifies us, and what that justification does is makes us children. And what he's doing there, Jesus does through his, his life, his death, his resurrection for us, is he changes the relationship we have with God. That the good news, or the gospel of God, is that he sent his son to change the relationship between us and God. Jesus justifies us so that now, because we live in Jesus's story, we are covered by Jesus's sacrifice, his blood, where we live in Jesus's resurrection. You and I are no longer orphans. We're no longer people who live in the dark. We're no longer people who are confused. We're actually called children of God. Our whole identity changes. And that identity has nothing to do with anything that we've done. It just becomes an invitation to be what we are. Um, and that's really beautiful and really powerful um, and exciting. But there's a third part. So if the if Jesus' story really is always telling us, it's it's, guys, hey, you just need to repent and believe. It's not about you. It's about me. Live in my story. And when we believe that and we repent and we embrace it, and that's a one-time thing and a, and a thing we go back to, um, we have been justified. We have been given a relationship with Jesus. Um, Romans uh, chapter 1, uh, Tim Keller loves uh, in talking about all these ideas. And I, I like Tim Keller. But in Romans chapter 1, I love the chapter 1 
conversation, you know, Mark one, John one, Romans one. It's interesting that in 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 Romans one, the, the conversation about the gospel, the word gospel is used, uh, I think, the most in the entire New Testament here in the context of like a section of phrases. Uh, but that's interesting. But when we we look at at the gospel, uh, listen to what Paul has to say about it. Verse 15, he says, so for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel. So the good news, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. You become children of God to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. So stop there. The gospel itself, the story of Jesus, the actions of him on the cross and in the grave, in the ascension, all his interactions with us, his call to repent, everything that the power of of God for is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So let's just work our way backwards because I think there's a third part of the gospel that has to do with the broader understanding of what's happened to you and how you live out the kingdom of God. And it has to do with faith. And there's such a confusion about faith. And you hear, I mean, I've done this as a pastor over the last 20 plus years. You're trying to grab all of these illustrations to, to illustrate, to explain um, the power or to explain faith. Uh, But, I think the best way to understand faith is simply to understand it as a proclaimed allegiance. So there's the story's not about you. It's about Jesus. The invitation is to repent and live in that story. When you do, you are given childhood. You're, you're adopted into the kingdom. Your relationship, you're justified. Your relationship with God changes because of what Jesus has done. He changes your relationship with God. He justifies you. You, um, and you become adopted in Ephesians chapter one. We go through all the chapter ones of of the Bible of the New Testament. Tells us we're marked and adopted. But there's also this daily faith that I think it ignites the gospel power within you, and that daily faith is a proclamation of allegiance. Faith is allegiance. Faith is saying, "I give myself." to this person. I am this person. I am loyal to this person. It is a statement of identity. So part of the power of the gospel, the transformative power to salvation, the living into righteousness happens when you and I over and over say, I am a child of God. I follow Jesus. It is an out loud proclamation. When you say these things, it, it it brings you to a place where you want to act as a child of God. Right? And the gospel has the power to and transform you. You're inviting the full transformation of the gospel into your life. And, and to me, that, that's super exciting. But what's beautiful about all of this is that it, it makes it so simple to tell people about Jesus. Because the basic gospel is, look, it's it's... It's not about you. It's about Jesus. 
And it's not about you in a good way. Like, you don't need to get it right. The fleeting, you know, uh, adulation of fame or getting it right, we all know it's going away. So it's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about the fact that God so loved his family, so loved his children, so loved us that he became us and laid his life down for us and invites us into his kingdom. He wants the relationship to be changed because God is a relational God and he invites us into transformation and to change of identity. And it's there is nothing that Eric Siepen has to do to become a child of God, but simply repent and believe. Simply, simply repent of trying to have me as the center, as me living my life the way I want my life to be and saying this is about Jesus. And then taking these concepts and applying them to everything that you do. When you're parenting, asking the question, whose story am I living in? What identity am I owning? And how am I loyal to being a child of God? How am I bringing the kingdom to bear on my own children and the places that I work in in my own internal thinking and working? You can begin to apply these three principles over and over again. Anyway, there is a little bit of my short thinking and maybe a even uh, preview of a little bit of what I'll talk about on Sunday when getting into Colossians uh, chapter 1, because this is the theme, chapter 1s of the New Testament. Anyway, thank you for listening to Healing the City. Thank you for uh, staying loyal, even though we were on a break and re-listening to what I thought were some really valuable podcasts um, from Healing the City. Uh, I'm looking forward to more conversations about the gospel and conversations about what God is doing in people's lives. So if you want, there's a couple ways that you can support Healing the City. Um, Number one, you could email healingthecity at gmail.com. We did get our email address working so I can receive those emails and ask questions. Uh, for things that you might want answered. You know kind of what we cover if you're a listener. Number two, there is a very easy way uh, to support the Healing the City podcast uh, financially through subscription, three, five, and ten dollars a month. Uh, You can click on that. It's pretty easy. It helps uh, pay for the hosting, that kind of stuff. Uh, We really appreciate that. But more important than all of that, like us on Apple podcast and leave us a written review um, that's really helpful it gets us more visible in the apple podcast world and in the spotify world so if you listen on those platforms particularly spotify and apple please like us and uh and also if you're a facebooker and you like a particular healing city podcast then share it share it it's not that hard to share a healing city Uh, podcast. Um, So please do that. We would really enjoy that. Thank you guys so much and I'm looking forward to more.